are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I I love Wednesday night. You know, when I was a boy, uh, we had boys brigade club in the church. The girls had pioneer girls. And then when we became high schoolers, we, um, we had activities and played sports, but then we always came in and not just tagged on, it was a long singing and Bible study. Uh, I never went to a midweek service with adults. I don't know what they did. I know our pastor went in the auditorium and so, uh, but I, I really enjoyed those days. And then I got to college and uh, I remember going to the Calvary Baptist Church in Wisconsin and uh, heard Dr. Sanders preach. And uh, I just, I loved, he would teach the Bible so powerfully on Wednesday night. And then I had those joy to be those many years, even while in college in Illinois, I'd drive down there. and My father-in-law just always gave the Word of God so powerfully. What a great teacher, preacher. And um, then these years here. I love Wednesday night. It's just, I, I love talking to you. I love having with you. I love to see you. I try to get here. Uh, and just leave my door open, and uh, when people pass by, I say, come on in here, talk to me for a while. I had two real elderly saints of God women coming by. Susie Harder was one, and Mrs. Lerma Reyes was the other. I said to these sweet little elderly ladies, come on in here, talk to me. I love to talk to the senior saints, you know. I lost Lerma. Where is Lerma? Is she in here? She, she, she already left the church over this. Probably thought I'd say this. And uh, Brother Harder came in. I sure like having I, I, those moments. Just stop by there anytime. And uh, I love talking to you. I love Wednesdays. I, I love elementary chapel. Who, who's the mother? Don't say her name out loud. Kids get a dollar for a losing a tooth. And most you cheapskates, I'll say it because your parents, those kids aren't. Most of you people are not even giving your kids a quarter. Now, you probably think, well, the bucket money, we're, we're poor all the month and all the time. But two weeks ago, I said to a little girl, she's a pretty little thing, I said, now, you lost a tooth. How much did she get? How much did you get? She goes, a hundred dollars. A hundred dollars. I remember DJ Usen got twenty dollars. I thought that was a hundred dollars. Does, if whoever that little girl is, I can't remember now, get me her name. I'm going to ask her parents if they'll adopt me. Um, $100 to lose a tooth. Man, I'll knock a couple teeth out for 100 bucks. And, uh, and then high school. Brother Martinez has joined me the last two Wednesdays, and uh, he's leading singing, and we just had a good time. And then Brother Everson was there for us today. He preached. And uh, it's just wonderful. I preached elementary, and I've been on, I've been so overwhelmed with salvation. Um, Tyler, um, uh, Tyler Morris got saved on Sunday night, and it just thrilled my heart, and they texted me right away. And I didn't want to approach him on it. I just waited for them to come. And I, didn't, I don't preach on salvation almost all year because I don't want to get those, I would never preach on hell to children, personally. I don't want to scare, they've they got to understand what's going on. But um, 
I preached on salvation today, and uh, I didn't try to draw it in. I think parents, you ought to lead your kids to Christ. I've told our workers here, I'll get to this in a minute. Uh, I told our workers on Wednesday night, because they're basically our kids, try not to win them to Christ, but absolutely tell the parents, I think your child is ready tonight or ready this week. Parents, you'll know better. I would, and and it, it's different with the Sunday and the bus and all that. You'd know that. And I, I just, I loved. I told them the story about the lawyer in St. Louis, and uh, a very successful lawyer. And uh, a man came to see him, a layman, and he said, "I need to witness to him." I had a, he was getting ready for a suit or something, and then he said, "I need to talk to him." But it's just so backward. Here's a dignified, dignified man. And uh, he said to the lawyer, he goes, I want to know something. Are you saved? And he said, God can't save me. He said, yes, he can. He goes, no. Here's the successful lawyer. He said, God can't save me. And he said, I, I'm a drunkard. People don't know it, but I'm a drunk. And he said, uh, God's not going to save someone like me. Isn't there something in the book about drunks? And that man won him to Christ. That man, uh, I hold in my hand, Dr. the lawyer's Bible, C.I. Schofield. Uh, Mr. Schofield was saved, and then he put these notes in these Bibles, a reference Bible. And God can save anybody, just anybody. Yeah. And I want to thank you for your kids. Um, Wednesday is a highlight for me. And then go to high school, those kids, and then get to go to college. And I felt like God was working in our hearts today. Friday on the live broadcast, <clears throat> we have four brand new CDs that are coming out. One came in today, one came in yesterday, one came in last week, and one comes in, I think, tomorrow or so. We're going to play those portions of them so you can hear them. But it's also anniversary Sunday for KNBBC on March 1st, which is Sunday. It'll be 10 years we've had that ministry going now. And uh, we'll look forward to KNBBC on Friday. Well, I know I've prayed. Turn with me in your Bible. I'll pray again. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 5. We'll get there this evening. And Mrs. Treber's right. I'm wide awake right now, ready to go. Let's bow for prayer. Father, what a joy to be here tonight. And this is a very unusual subject tonight, but I pray it would help our church to understand something what we do around here. Bless our time together in these moments in the children's ministry as well. In Jesus' name, amen. We have at North Valley Baptist Church three major conferences each year. They're big conferences. The Missions Conference is in October, this October to be our 44th year of Missions Conference. We'll be celebrating, establishing, paying the pastor's salary for over 400 churches that this church alone has begun. You'll see a beautiful video. Some of those churches are in the jungle. Some are way back in the woods. Some, some uh, are just little bamboo huts or uh, ten roofs, thing, but, but people meet. 400 churches. This will have, so we'll see that video. 
We have several missionaries come. Missions conference, why do, why do we have missions conference? One, to have God's people become aware of praying for missionaries. Praying for missionaries. Two, that we might give to worldwide missions. What's the first reason why we have missions conference? So we might do what? Pray. Secondly, might, might God would do what? Give. Pray and give. Say it together so we might pray and give. Why, why do we have missions conference? So we might pray and give. The, the third reason why we have missions conference is that people would say, here am I, Lord. Send me. I just want you to know in this 45th year, uh, July will be 45 years old, I'm already praying that we'll have scores of young people, especially. It could be young adults. It could be retirement age adults say, I believe God would have me on the mission field. My uncle in California, he's my last, I have two uncles still alive, they're all in heaven. But my un uncle Don was a very successful banker in the state of California for a leading bank and he retired and they went, he and his wife, on their own pension to Austria, became missionaries. He worked in the work of the Lord in Austria till my aunt at age 62 passed away. And you know, it was a wonderful thing to see that successful businessman, maybe he's watching tonight, go to the mission field. We have missions conference so that we might pray, we might give, and we might go. I'll go where you want me to go. Why would you not want your kids to serve on a mission field? Why would you not want your children to go into the ministry? Why? I can't, I can't comprehend it. Why, why would you not be honored to have your child? Now, every child doesn't go to the mission field. God doesn't call everyone. Every man's not going to be a preacher, but every man ought to either be a preacher or help a preacher. And tonight, we, we have an annual missions conference. October this year, what a conference we're going to have. Then we have an annual youth conference. And brother, brother Russ, I salute you. This is your third or fourth year. I don't know which one. Fourth, I think, that's been doing the youth conference. And uh, what a great theme he has for this year. I think many of our teens know it, if not all of you. But the purpose of youth conference, I was preaching somewhere just recently and someone said, I got saved at youth conference in Santa Clara, California. I hear that everywhere I go, all over the country. I came to youth conference. I, I, I surrendered to preach the gospel at youth conference. Uh, we had one night so many years ago, five young people. I didn't realize all five surrendered to, to go into the ministry. And all five have been in the ministry for these 20, 25 years, whatever it is now. All from that same service. And so we have youth conference. And the youth conference is to invest in the next generation. What is the purpose of youth conference? To what? Invest in the next generation. All right, let's have a little quiz. What is the purpose of missions conference? One, two, and secondly, two, and then thirdly, two, go. And what's the purpose of youth conference? To invest in the next generation, exactly and God's people do. I watch you work so hard around here. I want to talk to you about a very strange why, subject. Why do we have a pastors and workers conference? 
Why, why do we do that? What's the purpose of a pastors and workers conference? I'd like you to see tonight in 1 Thessalonians 5. I'd like you to read verse 12 and verse 13. And this is referring to a man who's a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, who's laboring among us, who's over us in the Lord, who's guiding our lives as a shepherd. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 12 and 13, ready, begin. And we beseech you, brethren, You know, the purpose of this conference is that verse right there. And we, who's the we? It was, go back to chapter number uh, one, verse one, Paul, Sylvanius, and Timotheus. These three preachers, the preachers were saying, we beseech you, beseech us to beg. We're begging you. I think as a pastor, I'm begging you tonight, be at Monday night. You say, I'm tired, I know. The world runs on tired. Uh, be there Monday night. Who knows what God's going to do? Who knows what God's going to do Tuesday night, Wednesday night, if he tarries? Uh, we beseech you, we beg you, brethren, Christians, God's people, to know that word is a powerful word, to encourage, to know, to, to encourage whom? Them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Paul and Silas and, and, um, and Timothy were not writing to get anything for themselves. Myself and the pastors that are here, the staff that are here, God's people, we, you folks are good to us. We're not asking for anything else. But he said, we want to encourage you to encourage the men of God that are serving. I'd like, you to, I'd like you to be certain that you do something for the men and women of God that come. I'd like you to shake their hand. I'd like you to find out who they are and listen to their name. And don't call them, hey, Bob, call them pastor. If you can't remember, but, but, whatever, but respect to the position that they hold. It's just the same way, whoever the president is, I'd not go into the president's office and say, hey, Barack, his office holds more esteem than that. I wouldn't go in, hey, Donald, his office he represents uh, has more esteem than that. And the Bible says, I want you to know them. Life is about encouraging people. Uh, hold it right there, but I go in my mind to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. And ye fathers, provoke not, irritate your children not to wrath. Don't provoke them to wrath. But God's word says you're to encourage your child. If, if everything can't be, no, 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 we don't do that. No rule on that. We got a rule on that. Chill out. There's a man in the old building years ago, his son has become a really an adult, this is 35 years ago, a criminal, I think he's in prison now. That dad reached over several rows and took his Bible and hit his little, oh, I guess, eight-year-old son on the head. He was acting up in church. We don't discipline to embarrass our kids. We discipline to help, not to hurt. 
You know when a child, I had a little kid come out the door here about a year ago, and he was probably about six or seven years of age on a Sunday morning, and I went, I, I said, how are you? And I bent down, got in his face so I could talk to him. I was not in his face, but I got, and, and the little kid took his shoe and kicked me as hard as he could kick me in the leg. And the mother said, ha, ha, ha. Mother was wrong. I wasn't offended by being kicked. Quite frankly, it hurt. But she should have said, excuse me, Pastor, we'll be back. She should have found a place to talk to that boy. You don't treat adults that way. And I think maybe he did it because he was embarrassed. Maybe it was all new. Maybe it was funny to him. My mother came home from work from Sears and Roebuck, and Barbara Dutcher brought her home in her 1962 Plymouth Fury, brand new, beautiful car. And in those, that time, the Catholics would put statues, and Susie, you know what I'm going to say, they put statues on their dashboard. And I looked, and I said, hey, Barbara! And that's what she wanted to be called. Is that your family? I'd never seen much about Catholicism, and... My mother said, Barbara, I'm so sorry Jack said that. I apologize. He will see you tomorrow. I'm going to go deal with him right now. I, you know, my mother explained it, and I said the next day, Barbara, I, I'm so sorry. Our goal, certainly want to correct, but we ought to encourage kids. Some of you remember my dad, he'd bring quarters to church and find little kids and give them quarters all the time. Leroy Gabbert was building our old building in 1981, 82, and 83. He passed away, had a massive heart attack at home, and Leroy would bring little candies uh, for the children. And if they had the parents' permission, they could get a candy from Could you talk to children? And, and don't talk to kids like this. I always like to get down like now, this is good. There's a pulpit because I can get back up. But elementary chapel, I have the hardest time getting up. But you don't talk down at a child. And you love a child. Mother, dad, would you catch your kids doing it right and praise them for the right? Would you please not always find things wrong? Fathers, provoke not. Don't, don't discourage your child. But may I say also? In fact, keep your hand here. We're coming right back. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We not only encourage children and our own children. God's people encourage many. Verse chapter 9, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 2. For I know the forwardness of your mind, uh, for which I boast of you them, and I boast of you in Macedonia. That's what I do of this church. I, I, I tell people, you, you have to come see the great North Valley Baptist Church. I've been corrected by that even in the last year. You don't ought not to call your church a great church. Well, don't call, don't call yours, but my church is a great church. I love this place. It's the greatest church I know. And if it wasn't, I'd go find the greatest church. You say, well I, well, I know problems. Oh, no, you don't know half of it. Well, I know your problems. Oh, no, no. You can ask my wife and get more. I can give you more than my wife could give you. The Bible said, for I know the forwardness of your mind for which I boasted you. I'm, I'm talking about you, of them in Macedonia and Achaia, which was ready a year ago, and your zeal hath provoked, has encouraged very many. 
What was he talking about? Chapter 8, chapter 9. The way this church was giving. And he said, your giving has encouraged people. I go so many places in the church. 1977, we began the 78, Brother Van Dyke, 77, December. We started Gideon's 300. I go to churches. They've borrowed our drawing of Gideon. They have Gideon's 300 everywhere. You know, I go to places. They say, hey, I'll hear this year. We got buckets going. Well, what is that? It's not me. It's your zeal. What you're doing. And it provokes, it encourages people. These numbers will encourage people. The offering that was down will encourage them. Said he's struggling too, praise God for that. Who you are, your smile, your singing in the choir, in the orchestra, you encourage. A church ought to encourage, that's why we have a pastor's conference. I want our people to encourage those people. It's not this way everywhere. I don't mean this rude to any church of any size or anything, but sometimes you can't find three ushers to be an usher on Wednesday night. And you'd be fortunate to find three ushers. We're blessed. And some of these pastors, they, they've been saying, I'm bringing my staff and I, I want them to, we're, we're looking where, what, what sessions they need to go to. Well, what we want to do is encourage them. I think of the deacons, and several of you deacons are coming to Brother Chris Kissel's uh, session on being a deacon. Well, there'll be men in the church that are becoming, and they'll see, I, I had a pastor that went to it last year and said, it was phenomenal. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to go home and try to train my deacons the things that you do here. I don't know, Brother Manley, if the church knows all about our, our men uh, we're, we're averaging over 90% in the home membership packets within the first week or nine days where um, uh, they get in the home we have an under shepherd program where every deacon 38 have 47 families are responsible for and they pray for them someone's getting ready to have a baby and uh, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Flood was calling some of the people saying now this this is under your under shepherd you ladies and and uh, they're going to need to have meals lined up about two weeks out the, the workings behind the scene are amazing around here and I want that zeal to provoke very many let's go back to our text so parents encourage and God's people encourage, but then we have the joy to encourage God's servants. You, you just might come into the, the convention center, it's going to be packed with, uh, we have, se uh, I think he said 14 or 17, I think 17 new products coming out. CDs and books and booklets. You know you don't have extra money, but it would not bother me if they had a sale on, I, I saw this book, uh, not this one here. But if they had a, a book that's new and they're on sale this week for a hardback for $10, if, if you see, buy one. Doesn't mean you have to buy for everybody. I want this church to be a giving church. And the more we give to the men and women of God, the more that God constantly refuel, refuels and, and fills the oil in the, in, the, in the trough, I'll call it. Because God, God cares for the people that care for the man of God. I wonder if you understand how good you've been to my wife and I. We're not rich, I'm not talking that. 
But I am saying this, you, you, you have been so good to us. But one reason why you have these buildings and you have these ministries and you have this equipment and you have these things and these ministries to be part of is because I believe you've taken care of missionaries and pastors and servants of God and your own pastor. And consequently, God says, I just found a spot. I think I'll put more oil in the barrel. And it happens that way. It always happens that way. And that's what this text here, we beseech you, labor those men, that women that are laboring among you and over you and the Lord, esteem them very high. Please. If a preacher came in here, missing his two front teeth, had his bib overalls on, and like a pitchfork, you know the scene I'm looking at. Don't ever look down on that. Don't, don't, if that's the way he does it, and you're not going to see that. I tell the college students, graduation's coming, and your mother and your father and your grandmother and grandfather, they come, and your dad and your father out back here smoking, or right at the door over here smoking away. We don't smoke around here, but nobody's go. Don't go over there and say, hey, we don't smoke on this property. God's property. What are you, what are you thinking? And I want you to come. If your mother is not dressed like maybe you think she ought to be dressed or whatever, I don't want you to ever be embarrassed with your mother. You bring her to me and say, Pastor, I want you to meet my mother. This is my mom. Oh, I bet he's ticked off the way. No, I'm not ticked off at all. I'm honored that I get to meet your mother. We have had mothers come that were on dope. I want those people to feel welcome here. I don't want to look down on anybody. I want to encourage people, find people that we can help and encourage and thank them for coming. And, and thank him for being here and buy him a book and they're going to have their meal ticket provided because of the fact they paid a tuition. Let them go first in line. Enjoy the people of God. I, I'm going to try to get done. We have a pastors and workers conference so that we might encourage. We have a pastors and workers conference that we might instruct and train and teach. We want to train God's people for Christian service. To me, it's so important how the choir comes in, walks in orderly, and we're not talking to one another, and we're not doing this, flying away, because he flew away, he's on the other side, and that doesn't bother me. I'm talking about the fact I want them to see the choir. I want them to hear that orchestra and the instrumentalists start to play no, not one in the choir, there's not a friend or whatever the openers they might be. I want them to capture a vision. We, we need to do this. I, I have a time I'm gonna speak with whatever pastors wanna come, they'll go to other sessions as well, that everything is, everything's training. We always have at least 100 people taking the piano, piano lessons. We have so many different instruments being taught all the time. 
and vocal lessons and how to write music and how to work with the radio. Now we have a, a, a great number that are in the radio ministry with the college learning how to have a radio station. We have one of our graduates that was just given on the East Coast a radio station. Given a radio station. And part of the reason for his coming and his wife's coming and their staff coming is that they might come to KNBBC and get more information. From that station, I haven't had time to text back, but somebody texted me today and said, I just heard you on our station in North Carolina. It's exciting for me. Why would we want to help them? They're our competition. What if they take some of our listeners? It's okay. God knows about that. I want to help a man succeed in his radio. I want a church to succeed in their bus ministry. I want them to succeed with deacons. I want them to see, succeed with ushers. I want them to see our ushers, how they usher. It's all training. The Bible says in Colossians 2, verse 4, that we're to beware lest anybody beguile you. And we're to beware that we do not fall in the trap, verse number 8, of a new philosophy, a new idea. I, I, I want our people that come to see, you, you can still have an offering plate. You can still bring Bibles to church. You can still have a shout. You can still praise the Lord. You can still weep. You can still lift a hand. You can still use an altar. You can still see people saved. You know, thirdly, I, I want them to know, and I, if I had time, I'd take it Ephesians 6, 1 through 14. I want to remind them, number three, not only are they here so we can encourage them, and secondly, so we can instruct them, but thirdly, that we might literally cause them to see conviction. I read an interesting article, just about six lines this week, where an old preacher said many years ago about apostasy, and apostasy is a departure from once-held position. And he said this statement, and I've known it for years, but the way it was written, it just opened my eyes afresh and new. He said, once a church or an organization is drifted into apostasy, they never come back. That's true of Berkeley up here. I won't want anybody to go to Berkeley, but it was started by the Presbyterians. And Princeton was started by the Presbyterians. And the great large Brown College was started by the Baptist. And Harvard was, just, was started by religious people. And the uh, Yale, 1701, was, was a, all of these, Harvard and Yale and Princeton, and they're all Bible colleges. 1638 Harvard, and you'll look at their precepts and their tenets, and they said that the purpose is to have every student to know and to serve Jesus Christ. To become proficient in the Word of God and to study the Scriptures twice a day, personally and privately. 58% of all their graduates became preachers of the gospel. And so I say, we've got to try to hold the line and encourage them to hold the line. And hold their pastor's arms up and stop fighting God's man that's trying to lead the people of God. Because of the time, number four, not only do we try to encourage and instruct and stand, 
but we're trying to recruit. I'd love to see that verse in Matthew 9, 38, pray therefore the Lord of harvest that he has sent forth labors. I'd love to see some men and women come forward. I'll serve God. Then said I, who will go? Isaiah said, hear my word, send me. A lady came to the old auditorium, a pastor's wife, probably at least 30, 32, 33 years ago now. She had been so troubled. Her husband, a pastor, had been praying for his wife. I want to say it was a Tuesday night. I might be wrong. She walked forward. And I said, why would you come? And she said, I, I'm lost. I'm a pastor's wife, but I'm lost. I know I'm lost. I've never been saved. It must have been our second, our third pastor's conference. And she got saved and went on to serve God with her husband. A lady in the old building sat over here. Her children eventually came to our college. Her children married and they're all serving God. But this had to happen 25 years ago in the back over here. She sat and she walked forward and said, I've battled it for years. I know I'm lost. I know it. I'd go to hell. I know I'm lost. And that night she got saved. By the way, I know where, I know where she goes. To. She goes to one of our, she goes to a church where we have a graduate pastoring. Her kids are all living for God. That was at least a quarter of a century ago. I think of, I think of how we were sitting with a slide 30 years ago. And we had some of our staff go forward and said, I feel God called me to preach. Your, brother, your brother-in-law, Brother Sam, was one of those. David Azarelli is pastoring, preaching tonight. Another man became a pastor. And another man, and then Brother Sly was next to me, and I saw him, and I thought, oh, boy, I'm losing my staff one after another through this message. They're all going to go serve the Lord. And I'll never forget what he said to me. He said, Pastor, I don't feel called of God to pastor, but I feel God's called me to you. I'm going to lift your arms. I'm not ignorant when it comes to money. I think sometimes I try to portray things like that, but I'm not as ignorant as I, 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 I don't know how to read the stock market, but I don't have any money there. But there's a man that single-handedly has been guiding us for 10 years out of debt retirement. And it's not me. It's Brother Sly. And his burden is that by our 50th year, we're debt-free. That happened in his heart 30-some years ago. Why do we have a conference for all these reasons I just did? Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.